few weeks ago, I was uh, sitting down with a group of high school runners, uh, friends of my son who were competing together, and we were talking about what it would take for them to have breakthrough seasons in the seasons to come. And uh, obviously you can understand these kids are keen, they work hard, and they want to do whatever it takes to kind of, you know, see their best performances come in the future year. And so I tried to add a little bit of value to the conversation by sharing a little bit of experience. And the advice that I provided kind of surprised them. And it, it might actually surprise you because if you think about the ways that you could encourage some high school kids to do better in the sport of running, I mean, you could advise them to obviously work harder, log more miles, you know, make comments about their diet or their recovery or therapy or all those kinds of things, racing tactics, whatever, lots of different kinds of advice that you could provide. But I kind of surprised them when I said, you know, guys, the, the, the one thing that you could do this year to help you take things to the next level is to keep a log, to keep a log of your training and your racing and your, your workouts and runs and things, kind of like a journal, keep a, a log. And what I was trying to do, which they had never really understood before, was to get them to leverage the power of reflection, the power of reflection. And I share that today because obviously we find ourselves in a time of the year where there's reflection all around us. You know, as the year changes, you've got top tens every hour on TSN and you've got top 10 songs on radio stations and lots of people in lots of ways are, are reflecting. But I wonder whether at a personal level, we've realized how significant the practices and the process of reflection can actually be. More specifically, in an environment like this, I wonder how many of us have appreciated just how spiritually significant in our lives with God, the spiritual practice and the spiritual process of reflection with God and with each other can be. Because just like I would say to those runners, uh, I'll say to all of us, that I think that the thing that could perhaps contribute to the greatest difference in our experience of God personally and together this year is for us to engage in the practices and process of reflection. And I wonder how many of us have truly appreciated the power that reflection provides. If you haven't thought about this much, uh, consider that reflection at the end of the day uh, really does two things. Uh, for starters, reflection focuses on where you're going. It, it kind of refocuses you on where you're going, where you forget the direction that your life is headed or the direction spiritually where God is leading you. Reflection helps refocus you to that end. I, I was explaining this to these runners who work very hard and are relatively consistent in their practices, but never had a real sense of the whole arc of their year or the arc of their competition calendar. They, they were training, but with no real specific goals or benchmarks of progress. So it was like they were exercising more than training. They were working out more than working towards something. And we've got to appreciate that spiritually speaking, the same thing can happen to us. But the vision that God would have is that people who live lives of faith would live them training towards something. That's what the Apostle Paul describes to his protege Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 where he says, Train yourself 
to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. What Paul teaches is that a life of faith involves training yourself to be godly. Which essentially is the same invitation that Jesus presented and presents to us today. To come and follow him. Literally to learn of him in order to live more like him. The journey of a Christ follower is the journey of consistently and continuously discovering more things about Jesus. And in that being transformed by his risen life into his image to a greater degree. It's about pursuing his resemblance, his likeness. That's what it means to train to be godly, to be like God. Because the invitation of Jesus is to be more and more like him every day. The thing about reflection is that reflection serves to kind of slow us down. And in slowing us down, it reminds us of that purpose. It reminds us of the end that God invites us into in a life of faith with him through Christ. And sometimes, admittedly, we can forget about that end. Thing of the other day um, in our family's dynamic, uh, we've built the last couple of years kind of a year-end reflection exercise of sorts. I've shared this with you before, where as a family we kind of gather together and uh, through some dialogue prescribe a word for the year for each of us in the family. It's not one that you choose; it's one that the family members prescribe on you in the form of a hashtag. And so I shared with you a couple of years ago that my family had decided that my hashtag for that year was going to be hashtag chill. For some reason, they find me somewhat uh, uptight and uh, potentially impatient or irritable, sometimes even demanding. I know that that's a surprise to you, but sometimes my, my family sees me that way. And so hashtag chill was kind of my hashtag for the year. And then I moved past that into uh, the next year. My hashtag was enjoy. Hashtag enjoy. I was going to savor more of life and enjoy the gifts that God had given us uh, together and in each other. But we were talking recently kind of in anticipation for kind of our annual meeting about the, our hashtags, our annual reflection exercise. And the kids were kind of warning me that I may actually adopt hashtag chill again. That there was still some improvement that they needed to see in me. And apparently I'd been backsliding uh, according to my, my family's experience. And it, it, it just reminded me, because I'd kind of forgotten about those previous year's hashtags. It, it reminded me again of the power that those simple moments of reflection can have in the way that they can reroute you on the life that God has for you and the changes he wants to make in you and the kind of person he wants you to become. There's power in reflection because reflection refocuses you on where you're going. Now, as if that wasn't enough, there's a second benefit to reflection. And I would argue that this is actually the greater of the two. Because in addition to refocusing you on where you're going, reflection also reminds you of how far you've come. It doesn't just remind you of where you're not at or that, that you haven't arrived or that you've got so much, you know, further to go. It's, it's not just a, a discouragement or a challenge in that sense. It's also an encouragement in the way that God has worked in you and grown and matured you and been faithful in your life. I was explaining this to these runners that I was talking to because one of them was getting quite discouraged, worried that in this winter season, they wouldn't do quite as well as they did the previous summer. They were worried that they weren't going to achieve what's called a, a personal best in running uh, in the winter season like they had in the summer. And, and I asked them the question. I said, well, 
you know, what were your times like last winter? How did you perform last winter? And when I asked them, they had no idea. They couldn't remember. And so they actually did some work, went online, and came back to me with a big grin on their face because last winter, they'd run considerably slower than they'd run in the summer. And considerably slower than they anticipated being able to run this winter. And I explained to them that in that year-over-year comparable, that's the breakthrough of progress that they can see. And that's the breakthrough of progress that they can not only celebrate, but can motivate them to kind of trend toward even greater breakthroughs, both indoors and then in the spring and in the summer seasons. If they were this, this much in better shape this winter compared to last winter, think of the better shape that they would be by the summertime compared to last summer and you could see the kind of brightness in their eyes and the spring in their step and the encouragement that they gained from that because there's nothing more inspiring to future progress than celebrating past progress and we see this in our lives with God as well in fact it's littered all over the scriptures especially in the songs written in the book of Psalms Uh, one example would be in Psalm 117 it says there praise the Lord All you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You know, you get the sense that the writer of this song was taking a step back and actually reflecting on God's goodness and faithfulness, not just to them personally, but also to the entire nation of Israel of whom they were a part. And their goal in kind of sharing and celebrating the reality of God's faithfulness was in remembering God's faithfulness in the past to inspire future faithfulness in them moving forward. Past faithfulness triggers future faithfulness in the way that past progress inspires future progress. And I know that for most of us in the lives that we live, it's hard to do that. It's hard to kind of remember or recall or keep the the kind of past faithfulness of God in our minds. You know, I think about even simple ways like family dinner times. I know some family dinner times try to try to utilize that time for reflection. Kind of a how was your day? Or I know some families institute the highest high, lowest low kind of go around the table sharing time, which is a great exercise if you can do it. Being honest, though, in my family dinner table, you know, as soon as we say amen, it's pass the potatoes and can I have the ketchup and, oh, you spilled, uh, you know, salad dressing on your hoodie and, oh, you dropped your spaghetti into your uh, glass of water and, you know, can you get me some milk and, hey, you know, be quiet, stop bothering them and, oh, you know, quit crying, we're trying to enjoy dinner and, you know, where do we have to go tonight? And, And it's just, it's so much chaos that the chaos of life seems to crowd out that conversation. And what reflection serves to do is to slow us down enough and give us the capacity to remember enough that we can, as we remember, see the faithfulness of God from months and years past and in celebrating that, be motivated to pursue him more faithfully in the future reflection doesn't just show us where we're headed reflection reminds us of where we've been and can be inspiring for us to pursue those goals with God together that's why it's our hope that 
uh, in this kind of season of reflection, that we would all take time personally to experience the spiritual realities of reflection. That this wouldn't just be the kind of season where, you know, we make some token New Year's resolutions, we commit to losing 20 pounds, we start skipping dessert, and after two nights we bail out because dessert is just so darn good. <laughs> but rather that we would experience the spiritual significance of the power of reflection in our lives. And at a very practical level, we've got to appreciate that there's a process involved in that and some very kind of tactical practices that we can engage in to do that. When it comes to the process of reflection, let's appreciate that it starts personally and privately. You cannot begin reflecting by reflecting vicariously through others. And for some of us, if we're too extroverted to just kind of spend time alone, you know, reflecting with God, you know, appreciate that there are books and, you know, even reading the Bible or listening to worship songs or podcasts or, you know, messages online or things like that, that, that can serve as stimulants to kind of trigger those thoughts in our minds. Uh, there's even kind of what we'd call reflection tools, audits and surveys. And we're actually going to work through one in just a little while that can kind of help stimulate that kind of reflection of thinking. But as much as it's personal and private, it doesn't stop there because for reflection to really take root, it requires other people. Sharing what we're reflecting on with close, trusted people, being vulnerable and letting one another in our lives, letting other people provide encouragement, accountability, and ex uh, external perspective. And even in the case of a small group kind of reflection, like a small group debrief of what we're reflecting, there's tremendous power in that because it normalizes all of us in the shared journey that we're on. Even though all of us are in different places and have different strengths and struggles, the process of reflecting personally and then sharing that together normalizes us and unifies us on that journey of faith. On top of that, though, on top of that process, there are some specific behaviors, some practices of reflection that we need to keep in mind. One would be clarifying and kind of recommitting ourselves to that goal of Christ-likeness. The Bible refers to that as covenant renewal, almost a rededicating of our desire and our commitment to follow Jesus, as well as the practice of clarifying the specific life change that we believe God wants to see in us these days. Spiritually, that's called repentance. It means turning about, turning from something to something. And we've got to remember, especially at a time like this, this time of year, that the definition of insanity, remember, is doing the same things, but expecting different results. The question is, what things are we going to do differently? And what different things do we think God wants us to do this year in order to get different results of a greater degree of Christ-likeness? See, around here, uh, reflection is a big deal, and especially this time of year. Uh, we engage in reflection all over the place. Our board of elders engages in personal and collective leadership reflection, both on how we're doing as individuals and how our church is doing collectively. Each of our staff will engage in reflection shortly into the new year in an exercise that we provide for people to go over personally and, and with their supervisors and as a department. 
Together as a membership, we're going to engage in reflection in our annual membership renewal process that will take place in the month of January. And then in a very short time, on Sunday, February the 9th, we're going to have a mid-ministry year kind of church-wide reflection in our AGM and our Vision Night service, giving us an opportunity to reflect on the vision that God kind of planted on our hearts back in September that we described as for Niagara. As you consider that vision and consider the video that we watched from that September series uh, earlier in this service, ask yourself how you're doing even in that regard. Not just how you're becoming more like Jesus personally, but how you're contributing to a community becoming more like Jesus collectively. How you're helping us change the brand of the church and actually bring the reputations of the church and Christ closer together so that there isn't as much of a disconnect as we sometimes see in society today. Right? Ask yourself in the season of reflection, in what ways God wants to help you contribute differently to the life of our church and in what ways God wants to work in you personally to help you look like Jesus to a greater degree. It's those kinds of questions and providing the space to engage in the process and in the practices of reflection that we can actually experience some of the greatest work of God to really set the trajectory of a breakthrough year. So let's take advantage both personally and now together as a church family across all of our locations of the tremendous spiritual power of reflection. Let's pray together. Well, God, as we try to practice now what's preached and experiment uh, through this reflection tool, uh, I pray that you would help us to experience, even right here, right now, some of the power that reflection can have in our lives. I pray that in the privacy of our own hearts with you and in the togetherness of our community and our church family in an environment like this, I pray that you would speak significantly to us, that you would refocus us on the goals that you have for us, that you would remind us of your faithfulness in the past, leading us to this point, and that you would inspire us to go for it more fully and more faithfully with you than we ever have before. And I pray that through these kinds of moments and through engaging in the practices and the process of these kinds of moments to a greater degree, that we would experience more of a breakthrough year than ever before, both personally and together as a church family. We look forward to watching you work. We pray that we would give you all the credit as you do. And we love you and thank you that we can be together in this way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.